Coming to you direct from the heart of New York City all the way to wherever you are, you're listening to the VIP Jazzwall Report. Ladies, gentlemen and parents, welcome to the show. Our children bring us so much joy in our lives, but as they grow, they also bring us challenges that makes being a parent very difficult. What's wrong to us? seems oh so right to them. And issues like underage drinking, drug use, sexual activity, state of mental health and bullying are very predominant in their lives. I did a bit of investigating and what I found was quite shocking. Almost 75% of students have consumed alcohol by the end of high school. More than a third have done so by the eighth grade. 50% of these students had consumed alcohol in someone else's home. And 50% of high school students have had sexual intercourse. But only 30% use a condom. And results show that 10 million high school children suffer from a sexually transmitted disease every year. The list goes on. And here's another new development our kids have realized that we're onto them, so they're trying to be one step ahead of us. They've invented a new language via texting in order to stop getting caught. To help me discuss what our kids are really up to, I have three very accomplished guests on the show today. We have an ex-convict, a cop, and a psychotherapist, and I hope to find out what happens why it happens, and how it can be prevented. My first guest is Larry Lawton, the founder of the Reality Check program. Larry started this program to help prevent young people from going down the path he did. You see, he was once America's most notorious jewel thief, but he went on to become a police officer only in America, and was also the first ex-con to be recognized on the floor of the United States Congress. In 2008, Larry started working with law enforcement to give them an insight into how the mind of a professional criminal works. Welcome to the show, Larry. Glad to be here, Vip. Glad to be here. Uh, just hang in there, please. My second guest is also a Larry, and he's also a cop, but we'll call him Good Larry. He is Larry Carter. Mr. Carter's been a cop for over 31 years. His duty in law enforcement have included patrol, the narcotics division, community policing, and general criminal investigations. Mr. Carter is also a certified instructor in racial profiling, sexual harassment, domestic violence, conflict resolution, crime prevention, workplace diversity, and many others. Welcome to the show, Mr. Carter. Thank you for having me. And my third guest is Dr. Lisa Palmer. She's one of Hollywood's youngest go-to psychotherapists. She's also a licensed marriage and family therapist, a certified hypnotherapist, and brings a whole new perspective to issues and challenges that our children are faced with. Welcome to the show, Dr. Palmer. It's wonderful to be here. Well, all three of you, right, we have lots to cover and very little time. So let's start with uh, Mr. Lawton. Larry, you came up with the Reality Check program. Tell me, what is it? Well, you know, the Reality Check program was founded to prevent and uh, help young people make better choices. What we found out, Vip, is uh, all kids make choices, and we have found out at about 11 years old and up, they start understanding consequences. That's the difference, and that's why our program works with parents now. Actually, mm. we really work with the parents and educating the parents, but the original Reality Check program came up with helping the young people. We ended up having the highest success rate in the country, and that was documented by a, a Florida college. Mm -hmm. uh, they did a quantitative analysis on the reality check program, and we have a 43% increase grades, 31% uh, increase in school attendance, 70% have better attitudes, and 90% don't get into trouble. 
we took that zip, kept uh, going on that because parents kept asking us, what else do you have, Mr. Lord? We need to know more information. And we'll touch on something in a minute here, what you said is another language, which is texting symbols. Mm -hmm. But parents need to know that that, uh, what we do and the team we put together, which is the Larry Carter, which is Dr. Palmer, and also a former judge, uh, Glenn Robin, which we'll have him on as well someday, someday, is what we're doing is educating parents to help their teens. If they don't know what's going on, they can't correct it. So that's where we're going with all of this. What's stuff. missing in the present level of education that you're actually filling the hole? You know, what, what everybody thinks, it's just about telling a kid what to do. Right. When we put together what this whole program is, you have to have lived it to be able to gain the credibility. I don't want to learn about electric, electricity from not, uh, a person who doesn't work with electric every day. If I want to know about radio, VIP, I'm going to talk to you, a man who's been on the radio for many years. If I want to talk about uh, a doctor in psychology, I'm going to go to a Dr. Palmer or law enforcement to a uh, Larry Carter. Our our whole entire format is based on our knowledge and the respect we get for our knowledge. And kids and parents now pick up on that very easily, Rip. And that's why our success. And they're not doing that anywhere else. There's no team in the country put together with the qualifications that we put together this team. No, I think the um, what constitutes your team is, is extremely sort of fascinating. But when these parents are coming to you, what are the issues that the children are facing that they want you to come and fix? Sure. Well, a cu- couple of the issues right off the bat are, first of all, parents don't know what drugs are in school. So that, to me, is so important. You have to show a kid, uh, a parent, the educational value of drugs in school, sex in school. You you hit it right on the, the head in your introduction, Vip. It was a very good introduction because a lot of parents don't know about the texting symbols. A lot of parents don't know about what drugs are in schools. A lot of parents don't know about bullying, gang signs, what to do if a police officer stops your kid. Parents don't know. We're here to educate those parents. The number one issue we're finding out is I deal with a kid that who's 12 years old and he was selling oxycodone in a middle school. So it's going on, and parents need to know that. They need to know what to look for. And that's what we're here to do with the Reality Check subscription service. Okay, so let's get straight to it. In terms of the new drugs, what, what are you seeing? Well, you know, the number one drug now we have is in South Florida. And most drugs start in South Florida. What I mean by that is, uh, they come on to the, the, whether it's the uh, club scene or from overseas. And the number one drug now is a, a drug called FLACA. And I'll even spell it, F-L-A-K-K-A, FLACA. FLACA is a drug that it is very cheap. It's $5. It's like, an, like I try to tell parents, like the old PCP when we were kids. Is it a liquid, a uh, powder? What is it? It's all of it. It could be smoked cooked or injected and it's kind of like it looks like it's a crystal like drug so it looks like a uh a cocaine mm-hmm. maybe a little bit depending on how it how it's made and how it's cut and what it does is it, it creates an excited delirium fit and that excited delirium gives a kid a, a euphoric high that they feel invincible number one 
And besides feeling invincible, the dangers of the drug are their body temperatures go up to about 105, 106. Mm. And actually, I just educated law enforcement on this in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale Police Department, on uh, what they need to do with this drug. It's not just arrest the kid, throw him in the back of your car. We've had 25 deaths in South Florida this year alone. Here we are in August, uh, September now, and 25 deaths have happened in South Florida from young people between the ages of 15 and 30. So what we need to do is educate not only uh, parents, of course, but police, and they have to get these kids uh, to a hospital, and that's the number one drug. We also have Crocodile, uh, 2CP. These are just psychedelic new drugs. Of course, we still have Molly uh, and, of course, K2 Spice. But I will also want to emphasize that you made another great point in your introduction. Alcohol is still the number one drug used in schools, and it is a drug. I'll debate that with anybody. And also marijuana. Marijuana is heavily used in uh, schools. And, uh, but out so of all these, out of all these drugs, which is the hardest one to detect and the cheapest to obtain, or the easiest to obtain? Well, the easiest to obtain is a, a drug called Spice or K2. It's just the brand names. They have uh, Monkey Monkey, Purple Haze. These are drugs. It's a synthetic marijuana. That synthetic marijuana is is still obtained at uh, head shops, Seven Elevens. Uh, uh, they're not supposed to be doing it, but you have these little like corner. Uh, five and nine stores or gas stations that do sell it. And oh, just, it a minute, just a minute, just a minute. You, are you telling me the gas stations are selling this legally? And there's where it's sold as incense. It is sold as incense, Vip. And what has happened with this drug is uh, the law enforcement keep, uh, and I'm sure Larry Carter will emphasize on this, law enforcement keeps making it illegal. And But what happens is they change a chemical compound in the drug and then it's done again. Again, they're selling it not as a drug, of course, but they're selling it as an incense to burn. Hmm. It's easy to obtain by kids. Parents don't know, and here's why the kids are doing it. It's, it can beat the piss test. It can beat a urinalysis. So a, kid, a parent can buy a over-the-counter urinalysis test in a Walgreens, and when they do that, the kid will pass that test. So they are coming up with tests. To detect that, it's a more expensive test and harder to get as well. But that is why the kids are doing that. So if my if my child goes out and gets an incense stick, it's not because he's converting to Buddhism, right? Well, you know. But, I think but how does he then part. get the high? Is he inhaling it as the fumes are given off? No, they smoke that drug there flat. Uh, but you can't smoke an incense stick, though. Yes, you can. It comes. It looks actually looks like marijuana. They put it into a rolling paper or a bong or a pipe. You can make pipes out of a roll of oh, paper. Oh, so you remove the powder and put it in some sort of paper? Or... It's not a powder. This drug, flack is a powder. This is two different drugs. You ask me what's the number one drug that kids are using because they cannot get No, but I'm, I'm talking about the incense stick. Right. No, the incense looks just like marijuana. It looks like marijuana. And they smoke it just like marijuana. And then they get a high just like marijuana, but it's a very short high. And the problem with this drug, Vip, is it is creating seizures in kids. Believe it or not, kids would be better off smoking marijuana. This drug is creating seizures and serious brain brain damage. So now these are the secret drugs, but let's talk about the secret communications now. 
communications is great. You know, we had so many people have ways to get around things. I was uh, talking to some people, and do you know what the word POS, if you took your son or daughter's phone mm. and you looked at their texting and you saw POS, what would you think that means? You wouldn't know. You think it's just kids being abbreviation like TTYL means talk to you later. That's what that means. I right. mean, we all know that. LOL means laughing out loud. Yep. OMG, LMFAO, you know, but don't say what it means. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly. And what happens there is they have their own language. POS means parent over shoulder. TDTM, talk dirty to me. No, thank you. The number eight means oral sex. GYPO means get your pants off. T-H-O-T, that hoe over there. Hmm. These are just some, in the Reality Check subscription service, that we have 28 of them right up, and they change. But if we your videos out on this. If, so your child, do. if your child's engaging in some sort of a drug transaction via text, what are the typical acronyms that are used? Like, I can get well, the POS, uh, because then it tells the other party not to quote a price or the weight. Absolutely. I mean, the word 420, which most people know, mm -hmm. means marijuana. You know, texting symbols is just part of how the young kids are doing it. They also have apps that, you know, now they have Snapchat where things go away in two two minutes. Uh, once you read a text, it's gone. They do have stuff like that, but what kids also don't know, once it's on the Internet, it's on the Internet. And you and I, and we all know that. But it's not about that. It's about catching or it's about opening the parents' eyes, what we're doing with it. You see, there's a difference about trying to catch somebody. You know, if you want to do enough research, enough stuff to catch somebody, as the doctor will tell you later or, or Larry Carter, police officer, will tell you in a minute, the, we can do that. That's not what it's about. We, we need to educate the parents what to look for, and then when you do find that your son or daughter has a problem, get the appropriate help. If it's serious drug help or if it's serious psychological help or if it's uh, – a wake-up call, which is what we do with the Reality Check program. But the subscription service keeps these parents updated on all the information they're ever going to need, and it's done by us, the four people I mentioned earlier. Well, Larry, I'm going to come back to you and, and get a deeper insight into the whole structure of the Reality Check program. Officer Carter. Yes. Welcome again. Thank you. You know, I talked about all this... Um, sexual abuse and, and uh, misconduct and things like that. Um, a lot of kids, they're, they're having alcohol, right? Right. Uh-huh. How, you can tell if they've consumed it, but how do they hide it? Well, you know, continue with what Larry was saying. Parents have to educate themselves. Now, uh, just recently, we had a kid actually go online hmm. and order about 25 or 30 empty suntan lotion bottles. These were bottles that weren't used, and they actually put alcohol in the bottles and uh, went to the beach. And so this kid was handing out alcohol on the beach in suntan lotion bottles. That's just one, that's just one example Wow! How, how creative these kids are getting. And so I actually went online myself, and I went to the manufacturers, and sure enough, I can order the empty containers. 
So what do you what do you Google like empty bottles for well, sale? Uh, any 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 suntan lotion bottle. Uh, this kid happened to have a very generic bottle, right. but it said suntan lotion on it, SPF 30, and uh, they just filled it with uh, alcohol. And what is usually the typical alcohol of choice? Usually vodka, and the reason the kids like vodka is because it has a low smell to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scotch or bourbon or some of the other alcohols have a you can smell it pretty well, but your vodka you, you you can't smell it that well, and so that's their choice. They usually mix it with Kool Aid or they'll put a Coke in it or whatever. But the cranberry juice is another favorite one, and uh, that's what they'll sip on. And what are the creative ways in which they actually get access to the alcohol? Usually they'll have someone of age buy it for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll, they'll, I've, we've had kids uh, stand in front of the 7-Elevens, and as customers walk in, they'd say, hey, uh, I'll give you 10 bucks if you buy us a bottle of uh, vodka or, or buy us beer. And, of course, that's a, that's a crime, and the, the person is placing themselves you know, in harm's way. But that's usually how it does. Or they'll find a friend that is 21 mm-hmm. that's hanging out with juveniles, uh, which parents should watch, and they'll go in and purchase the alcohol. Now, you mentioned something interesting to me the other day. You said that the kids are taking drugs right under their parents' noses. Right under their parents' noses. You know, I I had a lady call me a couple of weeks ago, and she says, you know, my kid won't let me in his bedroom. Mm. And I said, what do you mean your kid won't let you in the bedroom? There's no expectation of privacy. I said, that's your home. You go in, and you check the bedroom. So she asked if I would come over. And I said, sure. You give me permission, I'll walk in the bedroom. And you wouldn't believe what I found in the bedroom. The first thing I did was I said, your kid looks pretty smart. There's a lot of books there. He says, well, I don't know anything about the books. And so I picked up three or four of the books, and sure enough, one of the books I found that was hollowed out. And Just like I, in the movies. Like in the movies, okay? Another thing I found, I found a Coke can with a false bottom to it. And I know we can purchase all of this on the Internet. They sell it for security reasons. If you want to hide your jewelry from a burglar or whatever, all of these items are used for the kids to hide drugs, and the parent had no idea. No, but you said there's a, a Coke can with no bottom to it. Yes. It what, just, what's the relevance of that? It's a false bottom. It screws out. You place your drugs, you hide your drugs in it, and then you screw the bottom back on. It looks exactly, you can't tell the difference unless you pick it up and actually unscrew it. And that can be done with any item. Any, uh, these kids are getting creative in shop classes. So where can you uh, buy that? Uh, it's on the Internet. It's, it's sold as a safety measure. It's sold for safety for homes. If you want to hide your jewelry or, or your valuables from a burglar, uh, you just unscrew the can and you put your jewelry or whatever in the bottom. But hmm. these kids are using it for other purposes. So what else did you find when you entered the room? Uh, I also found a s- sandpaper, a little small piece of sandpaper. And I said, uh, is, your, your, is your son in shop? He goes, no. And I took a closer look, and I said, your kid is using the sandpaper to sand down pills. In other words, they sand the pill down to powder form. Wow. And they're using it that way. So when they've powdered it, what do they do? They smoke it? They're smoking it, or they're in sniffing it, okay? But it's much easier, mm-hmm. uh, hide, it's much easier to hide that powder than it is to hide pills. Well, this is creative. Very creative. Um, as a cop, 
Now, my son is 15. He's going to be 16 next year. He's looking forward to driving and things like that. And I'm sure at some point, you know, he's going to get pulled over for speeding and something like that. Sure, sure, sure. Um, sure. Mr. Lawton mentioned earlier on about, you know, that you're going to tell us what to do when the police stop you. Well, the, the parents have to teach the child. The first thing they do when they see the blue lights is take a deep breath. Okay, now as a child, as an adult, mm. your blood pressure is going to go up because you're being stopped by the police, and that's a stressful situation. So you can imagine a, a juvenile is really going to be excited. And what we teach the juveniles is that, first of all, they have to pull over in a very safe place. But what I tell parents and what I tell juveniles alike Make sure that all of your paperwork is accessible. In other words, your driver license, registration, proof of insurance is in a place that you don't have to seem suspicious when the police stop you. Uh, most people keep their driver license in their wallet. Their registration, proof of insurance is in the glove box. Well, that was okay a few years ago. But today, with what's going on, that information should be kept very close, maybe over the sun visor, where they don't have to make any sudden moves when that police officer stops them. So if the child gets pulled over, uh, they shouldn't be trying to call home because you might see the light of the uh, mobile phone? The first thing the child should do is make sure they pull over in a safe place. If it's at nighttime, you mm. want to make sure they pull over in a lighted place. In other words, a 7-Eleven or, or a shopping center that's open. Okay, They should immediately turn the car off. If it's at night, immediately turn on the interior dome light. And if those windows are tenant, you want those windows rolled down, okay? Now, the police officer is either going to approach on the driver's side or the police officer is going to approach on the passenger side, mm -hmm. depending on the officer. The main thing is you keep your hands on the steering wheel. You do not step outside of the car. Do not exit that vehicle. You wait until the police officer approach and give you the commands. It's a very it's a very regimented. You have to understand that stopping a car is one of the most dangerous things that a police officer can do. That is that is that is one of the most dangerous things. And so therefore the number one mindset of that police officer is his or her safety. The number two mindset is the safety of the pass of the driver. Another thing, Vip, the driver of the vehicle must understand that he or she must control the passengers in the vehicle. In other words, that kid should tell his buddies in the car, shut up. Don't move. Shut up. Let me deal with the police officer. Mm -hmm. Now, usually these kids are on their way to a party and, and, you know, my son goes to a lot of parties and I've always been very sort of, I, I, I try and have a I think I have an open relationship with him, and some of the stuff he tells me that happens, I try and take a deep breath and try not to move suddenly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those situations. Um, but there seems to be alcohol getting into the parties. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. and everyone's aware of it. It's not like I'm saying anything new. But can you body search the kids when they're coming in through the door? Well, first of all, the, the parents should be present. The parents should have control of that party. That's their home. The parents are the ultimate responsibility of what goes in that home, mm. and they're responsible for all the juveniles in that home, including their child. So that's number one. Uh, number two, once the word gets around to most of the kids in the neighborhood that, 
if we go to Larry's house to have a party, his parents are going to be there. His parents are going to supervise the party. So that's a deterrent there where alcohol won't come inside the house. Now, that's not going to control what's going on outside, kids going in and out, back and forth to the cars. But inside the house, the parents must make sure that they control everything that's going on in the house. As far as searching, well, that's a gray area. We don't want to start searching juveniles or searching other people's kids. That, that could cause a problem. But can't that be a condition that if you need to come in that we need to, we need to sort of check? Uh, there's, nothing, there's nothing to prevent a parent from making that condition in their home. I mean, in my home, hmm. I control what goes on in my home. And so if the, if the parent wants to tell their kid that, hey, uh, whoever your guests are coming in, we're going to check them to make sure that they're not holding any drugs or any alcohol. And usually what's going to happen, uh, there's not going to be very many guests at the party. That's what I was going to say, because as parents, it's very embarrassing for my son to have me around while he's sort of having a party with his other friends. Um, I could be in the vicinity of the house, but I'm not going to be in the same room as where the party is. Oh, no, and, and, and you don't have to be, but there's, but there's nothing to prevent you from walking out every 15 minutes to make sure everything is okay. Right. I mean, that's, that's, uh, as a parent, you have to take control and as an owner of that home, you've got to take control as to what's going on in that house. Because, again, that adult is ultimately responsible. There are laws in the state of Florida and laws all over the country that govern if a kid gets uh, drunk and leaves that house and gets involved in an accident or if a kid overdoses in that house, then that's going to fall back on the parents. And the parents should understand that. And a lot of parents don't. I think the parents need as much education as the kids. Absolutely, absolutely. Because absolutely. What, what, what is the legal liability? What's the penalty if my son's having a party at home and I'm locked up in my bedroom to give him the privacy he needs? What am I looking at if I get caught for being so-called negligent? You're, you're, you were actually, you were supplying a party for kids and you supplied the alcohol. The alcohol was in your house. You're under control of that house, mm -hmm. and there's really no excuse. The law doesn't look at the fact that, uh, well, I didn't know. I was in the bathroom, or I wasn't there, or my kid had a party without my permission. It doesn't work that way. I've arrested several parents mm -hmm. for having alcohol in a party when they should have known. It's a sad situation, but the parents have to understand that they are responsible for what goes on at that party and on their property. So what, what, what's the minimum penalty and what's the maximum? It's a misdemeanor, okay, uh, mm. for the kids getting alcohol in the home. And the maximum could be if you have an overdose or a kid that overdoses on alcohol, then that can go up to a felony. Also, they have to understand that there's going to be a civil lawsuit, okay? Uh, they, they, can, they can be sued, and I don't know if their homeowners, associate, or their homeowners insurance is going to cover that lawsuit, that liability. Yeah, that gives a whole new revelation to, I mean, trying to be an understanding and a cool parent? Well, uh, a cool parent, you know, uh, parents ought to tell their kids and grandkids, I'm not your friend, I'm not your buddy, I'm your parent. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, there are going to be rules and regulations, and they have to control that environment. So if you as a cop, if, if say his friends left home after the party, they're driving away, you happen to catch them because it was reckless driving, you could follow the chain of events and come back to me and arrest me. No, I wouldn't, not could do it, I would do it. 
You I would do. find out. Well, we just left a party over at Johnny's house. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Okay, is the party still going on? I can't tell you the number of times we've been called by neighbors that there's a party next door, there's uh, 50, 60 juveniles out front, we think there's drinking going on, and usually when we get there, we do find the alcohol. In fact, we can see the bottles and the cans flying in the street and on the yard before we walk up on the property. So then it goes on my record as a parent. Absolutely, absolutely. The first thing we find, the first question I ask is, who's sponsoring the party? Mm. Well, Joe, Johnny over there is sponsoring the party. Okay, where are your parents? Who owns this property? Who owns a home? Okay, that's who I need to talk to. And if that parent is absent, or if that parent was in the back room uh, watching television and they didn't supervise that party, then that's an issue. You see, here's my issue now as a parent, and I might be overly paranoid, but if I've controlled the alcohol, I can't control the drugs. Because according to Mr. Lawton, I mean, you know, you could be bringing in drugs through various forms, especially this new flacker stuff and all that. The girls could be putting it in their lipstick cases. Right. And and that's where it's going to have to be a little closer supervision, okay? Mm. Uh, 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 I've, I've seen a couple of parents arrested they had no idea what was going on. They had no idea that their own kids were involved, okay? Mm-hmm. And i tell you something else, too, Vip. You're going to have to monitor this even before there's a party. You're going to have to monitor who your kids are hanging out with, what kind of friends they have. I mean, I've gone to many, many parties where kids have had an excellent good time, pool parties, and there was no problems. But then there are other times where the parent never really uh, monitored who the friends were before they decided to have a party. So what should a parent be doing if I'm monitoring and I notice suspicious behavior? I can go up to them and, and figure out, is something wrong? Just noticing from the sort of euphoria that's happening among a group of guys or girls, then should I be calling the police? Well, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a decision that you're going to have to make because once the police are involved, then the police are there to investigate, and whatever they find, if they find violation of the law, then they're going to have to take some type of enforcement action. But what we should do is I tell parents, you've got to have that open communication before we get to that point. Okay, but okay? let's say we got to that point. Say I'm panicking because this has never happened in my house before. I call the police. The police come. They do find that the kids got some sort of uh, powder or some sort of suspicious substance. Do I get convicted even though I call to report it? No, no, no. You, so I'm you, in the clear. As a, as a parent, you've done your due diligence. Okay, you've done exactly what you're supposed to do, and the police is going to have to take whatever enforcement action they deem necessary at that time. Uh, Lisa? Yes? Yeah, you sent me some notes, and you said, you know, the biggest problems facing kids in, in from your perspective is the violence, the drugs, the obesity, stinking thinking, and bad self-esteem. I get everything else, but what is stinking thinking? Thinking negative about yourself. Mm. You know, a lot of really bad thoughts, really bad self-esteem, and this is really, you know, preventing kids from, from being motivated and going further in their lives. And, I, you know, by the time people finally come to see me and parents bring their kids to me, the kids are already in big problems in their life. We've talked about how, you know, kids are being more creative about how they're getting into problems and they're coming to me for how to get to the solution. So by the time they come and see me, you know, they've already gotten into drugs and violence and, you know, maybe they're pregnant or 
you know, they've got big, big problems going on. So their salvation, their salvation to get themselves away from stinking thinking is, is drugs and violence. Well, I think that the drugs and violence actually assist them into stinking thinking. It doesn't help them to feel better about themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't help with their self-esteem. I'm here to try to help them get out of stinking thinking, help them to, you know, feel better about but, themselves, think better about themselves. But as a parent, you know, how can I, as a parent, how can I identify stinking thinking? Well, a lot of times stinking thinking leads to depression. You know, and depression is a really big problem with teens. You know, they isolate, they may have mood changes, maybe they lost interest in things and activities that they used to be interested in and, and find themselves into problems to try to self-correct, uh, feeling bad about themselves. So those are some signs of thinking, thinking. And then, of course, you know, your child might actually tell you how bad they feel about themselves. Maybe they have bad but, you know, body image. But if they don't tell you, like some kids, you know, are just quiet. Uh, or, or, or they might transform their depression into moodiness. And then we as parents tend to think, oh, it's just that teenage issue. Um, so let it be. Let, let them be moody. But it, this actually could be part of a bigger problem. So how do I actually identify and then start making amends? Well, you know, every kid is unique and mm. different. And as a ch- parent, you have to know your kid. Right. And that's why it's so important to to really, you know, spend time with your kid and communicate with your kid and and know your kid. So when you start to see differences happening and you know what those differences are as a parent, you can spot them. Mm. Uh, maybe their grades are declining in school. They're not doing as well. Or they're acting out or they're getting to fight more often or their teachers are complaining. You know, these are signs that something's going on. And my kid isn't developing the way they're supposed to be. Their growth is stunted. So, so which, which begs me to ask, you know, why is this happening? Well, it's happening for a lot of different reasons. Bad influences, social media plays a huge factor in peer pressure and educating kids and sometimes the wrong way. What type of social media? Wow, you know, Facebook is a big one. Uh, And also, as uh, Larry Lawton was talking about, just, you know, the Internet, Snapchat, Mm. Uh, now they have CyberDust, which is sort of like Snapchat, where, you know, you can send a text and a text disappears. Things like that, where kids are, you know, they're out there, they're searching the Internet, they're finding different ways of what's hip, what isn't, how they should be. They're trying to, you know, follow celebrities and what celebrities are doing and what they think is cool more than ever now. But we did so that when we were kids as well, right? Yeah, but the kids now are really being bombarded with it, and there's so much competition online. You know, are you in a relationship? Are you not in a relationship? Who's doing what? Oh, this one is at a party. I should be at a party, but I'm not at a party. I'm home. These are the things that are contributing to people feeling bad about themselves, feeling more depressed about themselves. And when they start to enter that depression, the next thought is, hey, what can I do about that? Oh, here's some alcohol that my parents have in their house. Maybe Mm. I should, you know, drink to make myself feel better. One of the things that you also mentioned was, and I want you to explain, is is psychotropic medication. 
you believe is one of the reasons all this is happening. What is a psychotropic medication? Well, there's different types of psychotropics, such as uh, Adderall, which is a huge one that kids are starting out with now at a very, very young age. Could you repeat that, please? Adderall. Adderall, right, and that's for attention deficit problems. But what's happening is that kids are starting out with this at a very young age, mostly at the recommendation of their teachers because the kids are out of control. And then what's happening is that they're becoming dependent on it. And then they're using it almost like to survive and to party. So Mm. it becomes almost like a party drug, you know, and then they end up using other drugs in order to, because they're having other types of problems. So it leads to other types of dependency. But the Adderall is a big, a big one, for instance. Um, Now, go ahead. I was just going to say that, you know, there is sort of an epidemic with using medications as a way to cope. And because of that, kids are not learning to cope properly. You know, they're not learning ways to adjust how to problem solve, how to think, how to be in touch with their emotions and what to do about it. And when you have the mentality that, you know, a pill is going to be the solution to everything, what do you think that does? It creates a mentality of dependence. So when there's a problem and nobody can help me, guess what? Maybe I can turn to flaca. Maybe I can turn to marijuana. Maybe I can turn to something as a way to self-medicate. And this is what we're doing with so our kids. So if I was to come to you um, uh, for solutions, what are the top two solutions that you normally prescribe to your clients, parents and their kids? That is a very, very tough question, to be honest with you, because solutions have to be customized. This is the problem with the way we go about treatment in America, is that we want a one-size-fits-all solution. And it's so easy to say, here, take this pill. But to be honest with you, that that isn't the solution. That's been the problem that we have. So you have to look at what's going on from every angle, what's happening relationally in the family. Are there family conflicts we need to work out? You know, do parents need to learn how to parent this child better? You know, what's happening internally inside of the child? Does the child have bad self-esteem? What? What are the core problems here? And then we go from the solutions from that. But we can't treat something unless we know exactly what the sort of the you know, the real issues well, are here. One, one thing I did like about what you had sent to me earlier was it said, don't be a weak parent. Give them consequences. And I think, you know, America overall, we started treating kids just as another form of adult. And, and we're sort oh, of, absolutely. you know, we're sort of, For it's sure. not the old school way of parenting where there would be consequences and the consequences weren't necessarily verbal. Listen, we have a lot of problems with that. We have a lot of parentified children, kids who are acting as parents of their adults because the adults are being weak in the relationship. We have a lot of guilty parents who maybe they got divorced or maybe they're not spending enough time with their kids. So what they're doing is they're enabling their kids in different ways, like, you know, maybe buying them things to try to make them happy and the kids are turning around and manipulating their parents in all different types of ways so the parents are trying to appease their kids and they're walking on eggshells around their kids because the parents want to be loved 
what they need to realize is that a way to show love to the kid is to set boundaries, to set structure. This is what kids need to feel safe and to feel secure and, um, and to really to grow up and to be responsible adults. Well, Doc, one of the things I plan to do with my child is, and, and it to, seems to be causing quite a controversy in my hometown, I'm actually taking my child to visit a jail cell um, to show him that, you know what, when things are done wrong, when he grows up, this is where he's going to end up. And it's not going to be just a two, three-minute visit. I'm actually going to sit with him there in an empty cell for about an hour. <laughs> that, is, that is fantastic. I love that idea. And actually, Larry's done that, I believe, mm. with, um, with teenagers. And I think it's a fantastic idea because kids really have to get a sense of the consequences. Right. You know, it's one thing to read about it. It's one thing to talk about it, but to live it is something else. And that's what I love about sort of, you know, really helping kids to understand what it's like to, to be someone mm. who, you know, hit bottom or to be someone who got in trouble. That's what I love about Larry Lawton and his work because he's getting out there and he's talking to kids saying, hey, if you want to end up in prison, this is, what, this is what's going to happen to you. So you better straighten out. Right. And I love that. It's so great. Let me take that to uh, Mr. Lawton. Naughty Laurie? Larry? <laughs> Naughty. Um, what, what do you think of that idea? Well, you know, you've got to be careful with that idea. Mm. And here's why. You know, it's definitely good with the parent, what you're doing on a one-on-one. Uh, I don't believe in scared straight. I think that's counterproductive. Every government agency that I work with will not work with my program if they, if they believe it's a scared straight program. As the doc will tell you and anybody will tell you who's done any research on it, scared straight is proven not to work. A kid would put up a barrier and look at you like you're crazy or not say a word or say whatever you want them to say just mm. to get out of that situation. So it's it's counterproductive. Is it really? Wrong. Because you know what? We spent the last 10, 20 years sort of treating kids like with, with, with velvet gloves. No, let's say that. that, 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 that I said scared straight. Mm. When I tell a story of a kid or a young person who got his anus cut from the top of his anus and told his scrotum, mm. and he was raped, and they found seminal fluid right there, and I read the report, that's a lot different than screaming in a kid's face and telling him, if you do something, I'm going to rape you, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to do something of that nature. So, Vic, what you have to do is how you educate. Your kids already know you, Vic. They know your mentality, they know your how to push your button, they know a lot about you yourself as a parent. Right. So when you take that young person to the jail, and uh, I'm all for that, or better than the jail, and I'm going to give you a suggestion here, is you take your young son to a courtroom, that are a juvenile courtroom, and watch them process kids coming in who've made choices and they got themselves a little arrested, whether it's a uh, petty theft, uh, shoplifting, or, you know, boosting, we call car hopping, whatever it's going to be, you take them there and watch the kids in that courtroom and a judge sent that kid for whatever days in jail or, or home confinement or whatever it's going to be, mm. then just sit in a jail cell. I usually do that. I also have mm, a that's lot a great of concerns with, with, with uh, uh, police agencies trying to be the scared straight program by... Mm 
bringing kids in. Like, there's one done in Melbourne, Florida, and, it, and it's really very troubling to me. And I made sure they took my name off anything. I don't want the word reality check involved in that because I don't know who is educating those kids behind that jail. Right. Could be a guy who's really a, uh, not educated enough to know the little nuances of how a kid looks, what's really getting into his head. The reason our program works and the doc and everybody involved is because we're educating the parents. And I just got to keep bringing that back that you wouldn't know about a son on Adderall like the doctor was talking about unless you go to our program and subscription service and know what Adderall is a very common drug as a doctor. So unfortunately, we've got a few minutes left. So tell me very quickly, the reality check program, how do we get access to it? At what stage should we be actually using it? And who is it suitable for? Well, the reality check subscription service is for all parents or grandparents with kids ages anywhere from 8 years old on to 25 to 30. Right. Our program, Vip, and I'm going to give you the short version, is made up of us four professionals giving out videos. We put a new video between a minute and a half and four to five minutes. Mm. Every single week, Vip, you can go to our website, realitycheckprogram.com. You could read about, is my, is your, do you know if your son is using drugs, being bullied, hanging with the wrong crowd, hear from Dr. Lisa Palmer, hear from former Judge Glenn Rodman, hear from Police Officer Larry Carter, and hear from me, ex-con Larry Lawton, on different various topics from the doc's topic, when do you come go to a psychologist, or the judges from what, what can a kid be emancipated? Or the legal question with the with the police officer: What to do if you get stopped? Once, once I join, once I join as a parent, do I have access to each one of you, depending on the issue involved? Absolutely. What you have access to is, first of all, we have over twenty five videos in the library at all right, right now. A new one comes out every Friday, and you can access those videos at any time, anywhere. You also get my reality check program, the $35 video, free. Hmm. And this is only $9.95 a month. The price of two cups of Starbucks a month to save your kid. And here's what else you get. If you want a question, if you want to email Dr. Lisa Palmer, mm-hmm. you can email her. You know, On our website, you go to contact us. We forward it to Dr. Lisa Palmer. Right. We forward it to uh, former Judge Glenn Rodman or Larry Carter or myself. So you do have. We're also setting up a webinar once a month where you can come on, mm-hmm. and it'll be free for members, and they can come on and hear from myself or the doctor, and we're going to do a webinar where people can get interactive with us. So it's, you know, we're also in, in discussion with the TV show as well. Great. It's, well, listen, nine ninety five. dollars to, to educate yourself on what's out there alone. And people ask us all the time. Larry, thank Larry, you very, very much. It, why are you doing it so cheap? Mm-hmm. That's what they keep asking. Great. Why and are you doing it so The website? Is www.realitycheckprogram.com. Larry, thank you so much, and I'm going to have you on again very soon. Yes, Rick, thank you for having us. Officer Carter, thank you so much. Thank you. Dr. Palmer, it was wonderful. It was a pleasure, thank you. Thank you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Your comments and your followers so very welcome on my Twitter account at Vip Jaswell on my Facebook page, The Vip Jaswell Report. A wonderful shout-out of thanks to my wonderful team, William Sanchez and Rick Buser. I'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern with more fascinating stories that fill our lives with the inspiration and information we so need to kickstart the week. I wish you a wonderful evening tonight with your family and loved ones, and until next Sunday, have a productive and a very happy week ahead. <laughs>